Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting duo. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Christopher Glasson in a new location. Hey, mate. How you doing? I'm all right. Where are you? I'm in a nine-year-old's bedroom. <laughs> Quite a few questions. <laughs> Should we start to unpack this? Why are you in a nine-year-old's bedroom? Let's just say the date went very well last night. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm, I'm, um, I'm staying at Mark's today I stayed at Mark's last night and like Kelly's like like dealing with like riotous children downstairs so basically this was the only option to record in today so yeah do you know what what was weird was when you popped up today I know you phoned me from uh, Pip's house last Mm. night Mm. And when you popped up today and I just see, like, a load of toys and shit, I thought, it's probably Pip's bedroom. <laughs> like, yeah. Sort of yeah, nerdy shit that he'd have. Yeah, absolutely, about. yeah. Yeah, but, um, well, it's, I mean, but this bedroom's literally tidier than the, the many many of the locations I've recorded in previously, right? So it's to actually tidy in my office. So, yeah. Well, look, before we uh, introduce today's guest, let's mm. um, quickly shout out our sponsors. So one of our sponsors is the Say What Podcast, um, hosted by Big Papa Jay and Notorious FAWT. Uh, and, yeah, if you've not heard Justin Tony's podcast, uh, we occasionally they have um, the, uh, the, the the Lady P as a third guest. It's wonderful. It's, uh, it's absolute... It was actually, actually absolute drivel. Um, but it, if you like this, then it's definitely the kind of level of drivel that... Um, I'm sure you will enjoy and uh, and they've been sponsoring us now for quite a while so go check them out uh, there's a big back catalogue of uh, their drivel available so go check it after this not now after this who else mate? we have Samart Academy samart-academy.co.uk if you want to learn self-defence martial arts you can even become an instructor via uh, Renzi Simon James uh, and his academy uh, we will also be doing another we did the women's self-defence course for our listeners um, a couple of months back I say we I wasn't there I uh, made an excuse not to be there uh, what was it? Fra- was it what was that fractured collarbone was it that one that was my excuse last uh, time, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. You actually orchestrated an actual video of you being airlifted off a mountain, which was <laughs> such a good excuse to not turn up. Yeah, I did really good though. It was totally worth it. Um, but he'll be doing another one. It'll be outdoors this time. Um, and the basically kind of what you'll, the programme, what we'll be doing will be released uh, soon. But I'm looking forward to it. I've just got to figure out a new excuse. So, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's our guys. Thank you, Simon, for being a wonderful sponsor. Absolutely. Right, let's get on to the good stuff. Let's, let's, do it, let's introduce do it. today's guest. Um, it's Marcus Bergman. Hello. Hello. You all right? I'm good, mate. So I've not seen you. When did I last see you? Did I last see you at the South End um, Festival, the McFly Festival? Darren's, yeah, McFly. I'm a fly gig. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Just hanging out at McFly. Sorry. Didn't think we'd, we'd be doing that. This is a nine-year-old's bedroom, and we're sitting around the McFly. Yeah, you're judging me for a nine-year-old's bedroom. Do you know what? Like, like Stu sold that to me. He's like, "Do you want to do a podcast at McFly?" I went, "Not really." And then Molly was like, "I'll oh, go on because uh, Molly, my missus, is that big fan of McFly. I don't know why we're together really when I say stuff like that." And uh, and I I was like, "All right then," because she loves McFly and she was going to come, and then she didn't come. So then I just did a podcast at a McFly yeah, gig. I was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> it was actually super it was great. Fun, it was though. it was really good. Uh, yeah, it was it was actually great. Yeah. Well, what was so nice? It was that it was because it was right after lockdown, wasn't it? So it was, it yeah. was a joyous occasion. I mean, literally could have been anyone playing, and uh, no disrespect to McFly, and it would have been a super fun day. Yeah. So uh, everybody was unleashed. Really, it was yeah, nice. For yeah, sure. Let their hair down. Absolutely. And and we'll, we'll talk about you know uh, uh, about your career you know throughout this podcast. Um, that won't take long. The, uh... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we could do it now. You know, we'll... <laughs> bit of stand up, st- stroke. Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was concise. Too. That was like an, an elevator pitch. If you were, if, that's my, that's if, my notes. Done if you were, my, if you were Marcus's <laughs> agent, and you call, and you call, you call. Someone in a, an elevator. We're like, do you want him on? Yeah, tell us more. <laughs> Go on, by the first floor, they're like, book, booked him. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Marcus. It's been a lovely yeah, nice uh, to see podcast. You. Um, but the, the thing that I want to touch on we will go back and, and, and talk about you know how you got into comedy and such but um, and obviously we've just seen the announcement of a big tour which we want to shout about. Lovely. Um, Britain's got talent, mate. I didn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I see on Instagram, there's Marcus Bergman hobnobbing around TV studios. Yeah. Like, what's going on? How did that happen? I well, they, I mean, a lot of people have said exa- pretty much exactly that sentence to me, um, which is interesting. And in a, in a way, that's quite, it's quite nice of you to sort of surprise people by doing something that's a bit off, off, uh, off piste. I, they ask, all of us comedians every year um and for years and years i've sort of said well i'm sort of i have said no um oh you get approached by them yeah yeah they approach us yeah yeah i come oh. i mean that's probably i mean that's <clears throat> the 10th time i reckon i've been approached and i just sort of post post lockdown where f- i think things are slightly up in the air as to what the next how the industry is going and my industry is going and also post a stroke that you mentioned, um, I had it during lockdown. And I just, in a way, I've been quite happy pottering along doing stand-up. I'm, I live in and I had a nice life and I travelled a lot. I wasn't 
overly ambitious in that sense. My, my ambition had been to avoid getting a proper job, you know, and um, uh, and I was successfully doing that. And I think when I did a stroke, I started talking about that and I felt that people were really kind of interested and I felt like I wanted to reach a bigger audience, really, um, and not in a kind of showy-offy way, in a kind of look-at-me way, but I just thought uh, what I'm saying is interesting and it's funny and it touches people's... Uh, Parts uh, and and um, and I don't want to, you know, not in a kind of arrogant way. I just sort of thought, like, I just, I'm just, I'm not showing off. I just want to tell more people about what I've done, how yeah. I'm doing it, and I think I'm quite funny. So, so I sort of wanted to, you know, go on to the next level. So I think something like Britain's Got Talent is obviously uh, a good way to 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 kind of get the get the name out there, or, or, albeit in a quite a mainstream way. So I think it's not... So there's there's definitely good and bad things that I have to say about it. I mean, I don't want to come on and slag it off because I'm probably contractually not allowed to, but the um, it's been really good. You know, it's been, it's been really nice and definitely opportunities have arisen that I wouldn't have gotten out of, if I hadn't done it, you know. So, yeah, an interesting thing to do. So have you incorporated the sort of stroke into your not having a stroke during your set, but like is that part of the material now? And yeah, talking yeah, about absolutely. That, yeah. yeah, I mean, I my, my I material. Think that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. My 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 stand-up's always been fairly autobiographical, uh, autobiographical, can't even say <laughs> autobiographical. Um, and uh, I often talked about my daughter. My, my father was a vicar, so I've, I often talked a lot about that. Um, and then this this came along and. A lot of people were kind of, well, I'd had the stroke before, actually, and I did mention it, but it wasn't as sort of, didn't affect me as much. And I talked a little bit about it. Um, and it just felt like a lot of people had said, oh, yeah, that's not that's not fit for comedy. You shouldn't talk about that. And it's not, you'd be taking the, the piss or whatever. And I thought long and hard about that. And especially when I was right, starting to write stuff about it, I encountered problems with that kind of attitude. Um but then I felt like I, you know, I didn't want to be glib about it and I didn't want to be like disrespectful, but it's also my, it's my thing, you know, like, yeah. like, and so, and also I think it's really difficult to write jokes about anything else when my whole psyche was just screaming stroke, 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 you know, like yeah. very difficult to then sort of switch that off. It's, it became it became the absolute center of my life for obvious reasons. So yeah. to then really talk about biscuits or or Star Wars models or whatever, it was like it, it's not. I'm I'm not thinking about that. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's disingenuous to me to to so, so sort of follow the line of least resistance really and talk about that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like. I'm a stand up. I'm a comedian. I'm an entertainer. And it's first and foremost funny. You know that's not. I don't, yeah. I'm not a post boy for stroke and it isn't a misery fest and it's not an indulgence for me to talk about it, I hope. Um, first and foremost, I'm trying to make it funny. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you notice from music, I think the, the like, I, I, you know, I really like rap music, as I'm sure you guys do. Not And, and some of it's absolute piffle, <laughs> but some of it really has a statement in, if, if you sort of look at public enemy end of it kind of thing. And I think if you can, first and foremost, we want bangers, but if it also has a bit of a message, yeah. then I think it's great, you know? Um, so that's, I don't want to over-egg that because I still want to create bangers, you know, you know yeah, or yeah. laughter. I think if I've got a little story to tell as well, I think that can, 
that can be a really nice thing which is make it funnier as well like it is more like i guess you could argue talking about that stuff is a bit more you could make it more edgy because some people might see it as a taboo but then i also think that like you like strokes is a normal thing like so many people have them and to not talk about them or to make it like this area that or don't talk about it that that's I also don't think that's cool because it should be normal. We shouldn't be people shouldn't feel ostracised because uh, no. they've had a stroke or, or keep that quiet. It's like obviously sure. if you have a private private life and that's something you don't wish to share with people, cool. But if you've had a stroke and you want to talk about it, I do think it should be normalised. And like yeah, and 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 what what better way to do it than the ability to have that ability to make have some sort of comic relief to relieve the anxiety and all the troubles like you say it's on your mind right. fucking 24 7 as it as it would be it panicked the shit out of you my dad had like does it like that like quite a lot of uh mini mini strokes like the tia right. ones like he just yeah yeah he like yeah. had a fucking like a stamp collector's book for tias i think he was saving up for a massive one and so like like and, and i've had loads of family members who've had them and it's like yeah, yeah so I, and i do I, I think with any sort of like sort of illness i think there's so much comedy to be had even when it's happening if if you have that kind of that kind of humor i mean i've got quite a a dark sense of humor so for me it's like yeah i suppose i have as well maybe but but um i i mean i think you're absolutely right and firstly it's very common It's, it's it's also a lot more common in people in young people i mean i think the perception is that it happens to you know great aunt jean with one foot in a grave but you know i mean you know Statistically, what uh, one in four strokes happen within uh, a, you know, someone's working life. You know, five hundred kids last year had a stroke in the UK alone. So it, it's it, you know when you look at those stats, it's it's a bit sobering and also much more common than people uh, assume, um, and people don't really know about that. And it's one of these interesting things because so often it's. I hear, I mean, I hear people on stage set, but you hear people just talking about it. People come into a room or or they have a bit, you know, they kind of, they mix their words up and they go, oh, I'm having a stroke, you know, and nobody bats an eyelid. Mm. It's completely, I don't want to be like a sort of like sourpuss about it. I'm really mm. not. Um, but everybody uses it as a joke term. Yeah. I'm not saying they shouldn't, yeah. but it's interesting when I've actually had a stroke. <laughs> I talk about my stroke. The people suddenly start going, "Oh, you shouldn't say that." You're like, "Fuck off!" The comic on the floor just went, it tripped over his words and went, "Oh, I'm having a stroke," and you all laughed. You know, so it's yeah. kind of it's weird position yeah. to sit in a weird position, and you know, to people. I think one of the problems I've encountered is I don't look like I've had a stroke, um, and of course, there's a lot of awareness now about disabilities that people you know hidden disabilities hidden. yeah whatever. for sure um that that have started this sort of psychologically i think within society there's started to be a little bit more awareness of that that if you're just because you're you don't have one leg or whatever doesn't mean you mm. just don't have a disability mm. um and um i've often found that people come up afterwards and sort of go did you really have a stroke you know and you're sort of God, you sort of go, well, well, I mean, would I really, do you think I'd really do that to you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think that's what must people think of stand-up comedians, that they go and listen to me talk for an hour about having a stroke and then go, did you really have one? You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. um, it's a weird have you one. Got a, have, you, have you got to look like you've had a stroke in order for, for people to buy it? I, I think that that hidden invisibility, like, so my, uh, my partner, we, we've got a disabled parking badge now 
Yeah. And for good reason. But my my partner doesn't look disabled. Yeah. She looks she right. looks right as rain. And I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for the day where we park up. It's really it sounds so crazy, Marcus, but my, so my, my partner's got chronic fatigue, ME, and at point it is bad. Like she can go out and if she if we go for a walk with her friends and like, you know, we they're like, Oh, it's only gonna be they start they wanna take a different route. And they're like and we're like, Is that the same distance? And they're like, Yeah, 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 it'll be fine. We've done that and mm. taken their word for it, and because it was another t- 10, 15 minutes longer, the next day yeah. Molly was fucked. It, Naked, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, we can't park far back in a car park because it it, it make it makes a difference. So, yeah, but you yeah. wouldn't know that. And I'm waiting for the day for someone to, uh, you know, say something. But I've I've just started knocking Molly about a little bit before we go out, so she looks a little bit more looks impinged. a bit rough and tumble. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was actually a good suggestion from Stu there. So, you know, Stu's well on, yeah, well yeah, woke. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah, right yeah, on the board. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, you might get put into prison, but at least you won't look embarrassed. I'd rather uh, uh, that, mate. I think we can all agree. <laughs> horror, the English horror of being embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Marcus, we'll pick back up on, 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 on what we've been uh, discussing, but... Um, we're like 20 minutes in and we've not <laughs> yeah, even yeah. mentioned a top five. Yeah. And uh, and that is obviously um, one of the reasons that you're here today. What have you chosen for your top five, mate? Uh, well, f- foods I can't bear. Um, now, I'm quite a fussy eater. I've always historically been a fussy eater. Um, I'm a lot better than these days. But, yeah, I, I was... I was having a look at your listings and sort of see what previous people had put and uh, and, I, and I thought... Rather than top five things, I felt a bit bad about not top five things I love because I'm always think it's a bit just coming on and trashing stuff is a bit easier than <laughs> picking stuff up. But I thought it's, way more, fun it's more, more enjoyable. It's, it's more a great top five stuff off. Yeah, so here we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, food foods that I can't bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wonderful. My first one, uh, oysters. <laughs> okay. But what's your beef? Well, it's a bit like it's a bit like. Licking cum off a fucking rock, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's exactly. I can't even tell the difference. <laughs> now, that, that's that's fine. There's nothing, you know. That's no judgment on if you wish to do that. No doubt, yeah. people do. I just, I mean, I've well. This is the other thing of of a number of these foodstuffs. Some of them I've never eaten. I've never eaten an oyster, so uh, it might be delicious. So I'm fully aware that. I mean, never let facts get in the way of a good argument. But I'm not having it. Um, it just looks, it's, I mean, I'm not a fan of most seafoods. The, the smell smells too sort of fishy. And, you live yeah. in Leon Sea, man. Oh, I know, I know, it's a disaster. <laughs> it's a disaster. You live opposite fucking cockle sheds. Oh, I know, I know. I know, I know it's a disappointment. It is a dis- I mean, most fish, I, I, you know, you walk past those cockle sheds and the fish... You know, there's a couple of ones where they are kind of fish markets, aren't they? And I really like the kind of how they look, the kind of colour and just the arrangement of a kind of all these weird and wonderful fish. I, I wish I ate fish um, because they look fab. And of course, it's very good for you. Um, and uh, it's my understanding whether that's true or not, that oysters is very good for um, for one's sex drive. Sex drive like that yeah. was a bit of a myth to me. But mm. uh also, oysters have been hijacked by the upper classes, haven't they? They used they used to be um, kind of peasant food. I didn't food. know that. I did not yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Well, because they were like place like Leon C, that they were really and a lot of, of, along the Thames mm. and that it was like it was very very cheap source of right. food. So they weren't they weren't um, they weren't the sort of expensive, rather kind of hoi polloi food that they had become. Um, That's so, so interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So well, oysters is my first one on the list. I, it, yeah. Do you like them, Stu? So um, I'd never had one because I'm poor. And, uh, and 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 they're not the sort of thing that I was ever sort of exposed to growing up. You know, we we we'd, we'd, we would have seafood like maybe once a month. My dad would go down to Leon Sea and buy some shrimps and and cockles and stuff. And you like cockles, cockles no, but I like I really like brand shrimps, which you yeah. don't see so often. Uh, which I I really like them. And I've started to kind of eat a lot more seafood as I've got older again, um, but. Um, I was walking through, probably about five years ago, I was walking through Spitalfields and there was like uh, a sort of slightly swanky looking restaurant that I probably would never have gone in. But it was a Saturday afternoon and it said a sign outside, oysters, one pound each. And I thought, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to have a glass of wine and I'm going to try an oyster. Uh, I fell down the steps as, <laughs> as I walked in the bar. <laughs> That's my overriding memory of that day. Um, <laughs> you like, but... <laughs> you're like the artful dodger coming in. I'll blend in. <laughs> and I'll look sophisticated. <laughs> and this strange boy, I'll keep my mouth shut so nobody is. Literally, the door fell open, and literally, all these people must have looked up to him and go, Fuck me, fucking hell. <laughs> hey, you got oysters for a pound, have you? <laughs> Are they eating? Like, <clears throat> but, um, and do you get chips with them? But mm. I, I, I did, I did end up having three and was asking the guy, like, like, you know, how do I eat these? You know, is there a knack to it? And, you know, and they're seasoned. We put Tabasco on them and stuff. Um, the first one, it just felt like I was swishing, like, the remnants of a, you know, a, a bucket full of crabs. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Around my gob. Yeah. Um, but then the, the second one was really fucking nice. And, and, like, and then the third one was really fucking nice. And fast forward maybe to the middle of lockdown and we had that little break i went to mersey island mm. uh and there's lots of really amazing seafood mm. there and uh my friend bought a big tray of oysters like in, with different kind of seasonings and that fucking amazing i mean i didn't i didn't then just eat a trav oysters and, and have a boner for like three weeks it didn't work <laughs> but that is why you ate them like that, that <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> why you ate them you're too embarrassed to get some viagra mate <laughs> flaccid as hell oh, what's going on Anything you've got a massively seasoned that that seems to also take away, like you don't you don't you, like you throw loads of Tabasco and loads of other stuff, don't you, on top of them? So yeah. therefore, they don't taste good. You, what you're what you're actually tasting surely is it's so it's so interesting that Marcus because I, I like them, but I have often thought, is it because I've got all all these little garnishes on top, and mm. the oyster itself is like. You know, it's kind of like if you want, it's the consistency which is troubling. Like, if you've got a cold and you've like sniffed up a load of bogies back up your nose and swallowed it, and it's got that sort of like mucusy thickness, consi- that's, that's, that's what a that's fucking exactly. oyster is like in terms of consistency. How is that good? Yeah, it's it's a fucking weird one that, and I love how you know you say it, well, it has been hijacked by the upper classes. It's like the emperor's new pajamas. 
Like yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I, I do like them, and like even like just as they are, I quite like. I do like them, but they are like if you're not into fish and seafood, it's like because so my partner doesn't really like seafood, and I've slowly got she's eating cod now because everything yeah. was just a hard no. But like yeah. every now and then I push her boundaries too far, and I don't know what else will come up if any will come up in the seafood category again. But I've like been at a restaurant and she's like, "Is that fishy?" And I'm like, "No," and then I'll give her something, and she's like. That's fucking unpalatably bad. And oysters yeah. are like at the end of like, they are just like you say, like a, a bit of crab water stew, aren't they? Mm. But in terms of an aphrodisiac, Marcus, one of the first times I had them was in Ibiza because who do I think I am? And yeah. they said, when they served them to us, they said, don't drink white spirits tonight. And we're like, all right, cool. Anyway. White spirit, don't drink white spirit. Yeah, I didn't know this, and and and, and since <laughs> sad advice, that fucking like, since since that, since that, I've never heard anyone else say that to us, right? I don't know if it's because the garnish of the oysters, but obviously yeah. about an hour later, me and me and my mate went to meet one of our mates, and she works in a strip club in Ibiza, right? And obviously we were going to pop in there to see her. Yeah. And uh, I by that point started drinking vodka. I forgot what this advice was. And in this this nightclub, I just broke out into fucking like hives in this strip club. I look like Spotty from Super Ten. I just covered. I look like an absolute freak in this strip club. So yeah, you must look really attractive. Exactly, he didn't really do a lot for my libido, and probably every like poor stripper in there was like, "Oh, I hope he doesn't ask me for a dance." This is the guy with a big beard and the hives and the eruption standing at the bar. <laughs> oh, what a catch. <laughs> hey, he's got some money. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Right, Marcus, what you got for your number four, mate? Um, condiments. <laughs> uh, mustard. Come on. Pick, pick a lily. Branston pickle. Horseradish. All... Just the only one, but ketchup, which I love, which I suppose we could lump. I, I was telling this to my partner, and she went, "What about ketchup?" Because I love ketchup, mm. and and I think I have to concede that I guess that's on the condiment. That's your list. exception to the rule, right? That's my exception to the rule. But like must, the only time I've ever punched anyone <laughs> in anger was when someone put one of my one of my flatmates. I said like I can't stand piccalilli. And he had some piccalilli and he went, oh, really? And he put it in, he sort of put it in my face. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it wasn't even like, I don't find it, I don't find it um, unpleasant. It literally makes my skin crawl. And I instinctively, and I've never done it before or since, I just, I just punched him straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> As a sort of fight or flight. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. like, um, and uh, it's just, they're all, I don't know if it's, are they pickled or something that you like, a Branston pick? Oh, mm. I mean, they're lubricants, aren't they, for for other, for yeah, sandwiches? Yeah, yeah, If the sandwich has gone wrong, stick some of that in there, maybe. Stick some of that, it sort of lubes it, but it, it looks a bit like lube after you've used it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather than before, you know. Mark. Marcus, I've, I've spoke about it many times yeah. on this podcast, my, my hatred of vinegar. Right. And like... And my reaction, if anybody literally put vinegar in my face, I'd, I'd punch him without, yeah. without I, I, thinking he, about he it. He would as well. He, he really, really would. Like, he, he's just, you're naturally, you're naturally scared of vinegar, aren't you, mate? Yeah. I'll bring it like, into the office uh, sometimes, and I can see him watching my every movement around the office with it. Like, I've got a jar of acid. 
Like, <laughs> like, it makes me uncomfortable, but pick a lily. Like, but why would it? I mean, I've never eaten that or, or, or <laughs> Branston. I look at that and I just think, like, that's the sort of stuff that my, you know, that, that Nan's ate in the 80s. Like, it's, got, it's got Nan's of the 80s food, doesn't it? Like, salad yeah. cream is another one, isn't it? Like, yeah. like, salad oh cream is, is rank. Like, I don't get it yeah. at all. But I, like, I will have to defend a condiment. I fucking love them all, most of them. But, like, what was it? It was Branston with a bit of a. Corned beef pate in a sandbox. Oh, that's so horrible. That's such a that sentence. Like, <laughs> corned beef. Yeah, corned beef should be on my list. I, I forgot. <laughs> Do you know what? I saw corned beef the other day and, and I, I quite like it, but I've not had it since I had it around my nans in the 80s. And I just thought, oh, I might buy some. It's really fucking expensive. Is it? What? Like a, a tin of corned beef is about four quid. And I was like, <laughs> I thought it'd be like 50p. Brink. Like, who'd want to eat that Brink shit? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, all these all these horrible things have got expensive now. As a sort of maybe that's like it's like an ironic food, isn't it? Like like Marcus. all these sort of ironic haircuts and snow washed jeans are back in fashion. <laughs> you know, Mate, corned beef as well. I never thought the day would come when, for the price of a, a tin of corned beef, I could have had four oysters. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they're doing that. Maybe the rich are flipping it on us with corned beef now. Fucking, they can have it. To be honest with you, I'm not fighting. Yeah. I'm not fighting for the corned beef too much. It was never, so, it was always a bit of a, oh, fucking, is that all there is in the cupboard, mum? Yeah, that or fish fish pate, crab pate. Oh, okay. I, I don't think you should have meat out of a can. <laughs> yeah, it's something wrong with it. Yeah. It's not right. Not right. No, nah, no, nah, you're right. What was the one that was like in like a kind of, uh, 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 it, it wasn't even like in the ranting, it was in almost like a kind of sort of. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Kidney shape tin. And it would have been like a sort of weird ham, and that you'd, you'd under that. Spam. Like, spam. It was a bit like yeah. spam, yeah. And it had like just jelly and shit on it. You think, yeah, <laughs> you know what? That, that? That really processed meat. That you know when you get it's that kid stuff, isn't it? That's it's got like a pig's face on it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And you figure that cannot be right. No. That cannot be right. <laughs> that's not that's not cut from the bone. That bit is. So, so Marcus, what do you do with right? So like you've you know your, your missus is treating you. Right, it's your birthday, and I don't know. Do you like steak? Is she taking you to a steakhouse? What you gonna have ketchup with that? Are you gonna get dirty looks? Do you care? Yeah, I love like, a bit I ketchup care. on that. I love a bit. So so I'll under the guise of having chips with my steak. I'll, I can I can sort of get in the ketchup. Yeah, onto put it the by the chips, but dip your steak in it. Like I'm sort of aware that. I should cut down a bit on the ketchup because it because it's very overpowering, and then you end up eating everything yeah. tasting like ketchup. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying, and also sometimes I'm too embarrassed to uh, to ask for ketchup. That's the other thing. It's like you know when you have you probably been you've been you're in a restaurant and you ask for oh, ketchup I've and they, 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 they snobbishly go, "Oh, we don't have ketchup," and you want to go, I, "I want to fucking headbutt you," <laughs> like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like the other day, I was in Manchester, Manchester, and I went. I had a cup of coffee, and it was like when they sort of like a really they're trying to be really. Tra- and I went, "Have you got any sugar?" And they, went, and they sort of went, "We don't have sugar." And I was like, "What the fuck?" You know, <laughs> in a coffee shop. A coffee shop. You know, as if you were as if there's sort of snobbery about food, which is another thing. It's like, like if I want ketchup, I want ketchup. I don't, you know. Don't tell me that I can't have ketchup in a in this place. It's not it's not cordon bleu. Um, do you do you try something before you season it? Because like no. the amount of times that like because I actually really like mustard, uh, and if I have steak or, or or anything like that, then I'm already going to put that on my plate. Mm. Uh, without even trying the dish in its own right, mm. and and the same with like so, you know I don't really use salt but pepper I'll put like black pepper on everything yeah and it's like and the amount of times I get told well you haven't tried it first and I'm like yeah but I know I'm gonna want to have that with it yeah like do you season it after you've tried it or do you season it before you eat it no I think I probably I mean I'm I like you I love black pepper I'm, I'm trying to not eat salt as much as I possibly can you know because it's yeah I think it's you know it seemed to be not the great not a great for you, particularly my condition. So I try not to eat my salt, but then obviously it's not that tasty. So you, so pepper feels like a good, like, you know, proper ground black pepper. I kind of, yeah. um, feels like a sort of manly thing to eat. I reckon pepper. I should um, but it definitely boosts flavour, doesn't it? A bit of pep. Yeah, I like and a lot, it. A lot, of those like... Sea, a lot of those spices are fucking really good for you. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, as a bachelor, I never cooked with spices. Like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what turmeric was until I was about forty. Turmeric's very um, good, especially for joints and stuff. I mean, your, your partner yeah. probably takes turmeric, doesn't she? She probably likes really yeah, good for yeah, joints. Think, yeah, 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 it's yeah. really good. But, I don't know. Um, I don't. No, sorry, sorry, go on, Marcus. I think that that I think I just quite like it. I, I probably have a s- sweet tooth and like stuff that was quite, I remember when I was a student, my, one of my best friends is Iranian and he, he, he made this Iranian dish. Uh, we always, there were six of us and we used to take it in turns to cook for each other. So it was always a big dish, you know? And, uh, and I came in and I put ketchup on it and he was like, don't eat it. Don't it's a, it's a traditional Iranian dish. And I, and I kind of went, yeah, well, it's tasteless, isn't it? Kind of like in a really arsey way. <laughs> I got up, got up and walked out and then he just threw the whole plate at me. <laughs> and for, for the next three years, there was a sort of wily coyote stain. <laughs> you know, like the whole stain of that, whatever the dish was, um, except for the bit that my that I, I'd, I'd sweated out. <laughs> for, for, so your for, silhouette for was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah. One of my I'm old, fully aware. Um, one of my old uni mates, she was addicted to ketchup, and she she'd literally have it with everything, including white pasta. So she mm. she'd make a white mm. pasta like a carbonara, and she'd make the carbonara, and then out comes the ketchup, and just in in it goes. I was like, Rachel, what the fuck yeah, are yeah. you doing? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. I, I, I use it a bit of ketchup. I use a bit of ketchup in in my pasta, and I also like, like ketchup on toast is lovely as well. I've never tried that. I mean, Stu, that's one. Nice. That's one for our cheap TV what dinners. Wrong with you, Marcus. Fuck's <laughs> <sake>, man. <laughs> what about uh, a, a roast dinner? Where, where do you stand uh, with ketchup there? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't put ketchup on a roast unless it was me- maybe beef. But no, no, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> not definitely not chicken. Ketchup and chicken is um, is uh, that's a no no. Yeah. What about chicken nuggets? Surely you can dip them in ketchup. Yeah, but not, not on, on, on you know over your ch- roast chicken might be a no, bit weird. No. But ketchup in um, well, I used to make bolognese, and I always used to yeah. squeeze a bit of cheeky ketchup in there, and it was yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Three. Are we on the third one? Numero, we yeah. are, mate. Tris? Tapas. Oh, what's wrong with you? You, when you said you're a fussy eater, Marcus, <laughs> yeah, this is like, that was an understatement. Yeah, tapas. Yeah. What's Did wrong with young... tapas? I don't want to share my food. <laughs> <laughs> Give me... well, there's a couple of things. Like, the... Firstly, I... so because I'm quite fussy and because there's lots of foods I don't want to eat, when you have tapas, people start. People kind of assume that everybody likes everything. So they'll you sort of everyone attacks it, and then they've they've got half a half a load of like some food stuff that I don't want to eat, and then they shove it in the one of the one of the four tapases that I can eat, and then contaminate that one, so I can't eat that one either. <laughs> so it's you know it's like a sort of cross contamination of of uh, of food stuffs. Yeah. Also, I don't want to I eat that of... stuff fine. Why? Why is that stuff fine know, now on my plate, mate? I wanted. I wanted the chorizo. That looked good, and now, now I've got yeah. to swap a bit of my lovely chorizo dish for that fucking stuff fine leaf. It's no your shit one. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want your shit I, finally. Yeah. yeah. I, I should also point out, Marcus, that the fact that you, your your take on this is, you know, they're they're putting something you know in a bowl of food that I can't eat, and it's not. Hang on a minute, you can. You're just being a fussy prick, mate. It's like, I can't. Let me give you a... Let me give you... I listened to one of your... I was listening to one yesterday, and you were moaning about Metallica <laughs> and how much you hated Metallica. Now, you, you can listen to Metallica, and you can say that you like it, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> Good comment, <laughs> mate. I went weirdly enough. I went for tapas about four or five days ago, and we were meeting with James uh, Hetfield, Metallica. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Lars, and um, we, we, me, and Molly were meeting like two of her mates. I've never met them, and we were, we were meeting for the first time over food, which can sometimes, you know, if you didn't get on, then that would be quite a painful experience. It wasn't. They were lovely, um, but Ruth. Uh, so Ruth, who's Molly's mate. I was like, oh, we're we going to get into this awkward conversation now about, like, are we going to share? Because I'm a bit like you, Marcus. Like, I don't mind sharing, but I, I know what I kind of want at this place. And tapas bowls, they're kind of like, 
they're not great, brilliant for sharing because, you know, there's normally oh. three things in there. If there's four of you, yeah, what's yeah. going to happen now? It's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But Ruth just came in. She just took charge of that situation. And, and, and I was just like, I was just relieved. She was like, you know, let's, how about I share with my boyfriend and you two share? And I just thought, thank fucking God for that. Because yeah, yeah, so, I'm going to get yeah. to eat what I want. Yeah, you know, that's, it's, it's a bit like, it's a bit like Coke. You sort of like because everybody's everybody's sharing and there's not enough to go round, so everybody gets a bit of an ag- everybody gets a bit of an ag on, don't they? Like- Drug politics. Worst in you. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's so that, funny. I think it. It's also that it's um, that's exactly right. Like you sharing sharing food with people that you get on with is nice. And lovely, and sharing people with people you've never met. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. I don't want to share. Yeah. Also, I have a tendency to overeat. I like, I like, I like. Give me my meal, and I've got the. It's clearly no. delicious on a plate of like I don't like buffets either for the same reason because you overeat. <laughs> um, and rather than like, here's my plate of here's my plate of food, and I'll finish. Look, I'm always I'm a finisher of food as well. I think maybe that I don't know if that's my generation or my parents' uh, attitude was like, you finish what's on your plate. Yeah. But, of course, if you've got a tapas or an endless stream of buffet, there's no finish in it. So I'm greedy as well, I suppose. So so I over I overeat, you know, because I can't – I want, you can't I want see my your, plate. Yeah. Yeah. You can't see the boundaries, so you just go love. for it, yeah. I love tapas. I think it's the bollocks. I can see that. I can I, like. There's that. Is it Billy Hundreds in on the, on the beach there? Do you know the one down on the just, yeah? Just, which is a beautiful place, and I like. I like the sort of scenario. I like the idea of it. Um, it's a bit like cocktail bars. Like I like. I like. I like cocktail bars. I like the idea of cocktails. I quite like the idea of someone mixing them properly. I just never found a cocktail that I liked, and everybody, everyone always goes, "Oh yeah, we tried that. Try this," and I've, it's like it's horrible. They're overly sugared and kind of. So I like the I like the idea of tapas. Then I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not not a sharer in my in the rest of my life. I I hope yeah. I think uh, I don't think I'm a kind of really selfish human being. But when it comes to food, <laughs> get off my get off my cloud. <laughs> oh, wonderful! But well, let's before we before we get on to number two, um, t- talk us through because for so many people that. You know that that for years have been watching Britain's Got Talent and 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 t- tell us a little bit about the kind of what it's like behind the curtain, being somebody that's on there rather than being somebody that's watching it. And, and was it a strange experience for you? Yeah. T- tell me about how it was for you. It's really it's very strange because it, it's so they, it's very very uh, curated. I mean, I guess it's a TV show. Uh, that's first and foremost. It's a TV show, and any any TV show. Is is highly produced. They don't want to leave anything to chance, so um, they're very cautious about what you can and can't say. F- fair enough, you know it's a sort of prime time TV uh, show, so they don't, you know, c- certain certain uh, things are fairly obvious. You, you know, you're not going to go out there and say, you know, it's like eating spunk off a rock kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But funny that, you know, so far, so obvious. And, and yeah. maybe stuff about material about the Catholic Church or whatever, you know, isn't going to fly so far, so obvious. But it's very it's very overly cautious about what you can and can't say. Yeah. And 
it's really I think particularly for stand-ups, and I, it, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to be overly sort of oh, woe is me as a stand-up, but I think you, like, if you do a song, you choose a song, and they don't go, yeah, could you not do the middle eight? You can do the you, and, and the last chorus, so you can do the first three choruses, then drop the middle eight, and don't do the last chorus, and go to the begin because it's it fuck you, you you know yeah. as a musician you song and and as a yeah. stand-up, um, I've learned the. The process I built that routine to to a crescendo yeah. with those one two three four five jokes in that order, yeah. and then to go actually, could you not do number two joke and number number three joke? Um, it, it, it ruins the whole you know yeah. scenario uh, or takes out some of the best bits of it. So it, it for me it felt like you know don't get me wrong, like it, I was really pleased with the opportunity and that 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 forum is really good it's but and i felt like you know i did get into the semi-final of a very big competition but if it did feel a little bit like i had to leave my best nine players on the bench yeah um and for some of that reason i felt like yeah some of the some of them five top players i i totally understand why i can't play them but some of the others i just thought you're just being really cautious about yeah uh, about it um, Who decides as well? Because like I, I, I remember uh, Anthony Jeselnik doing a skit, and it's one of my favourite bits that he does about when he's on. I can't remember if it was Saturday Night Live, and he basically said in America they've got a thing called S and P standards and practices, where before you go on TV, someone sits there and goes through your jokes, and then it's just yeah. some random employee. And whatever their political sensibilities are, there that's they're going to get judged on. And he does a he does a you can get it on YouTube, and it's a skit of like them saying you can't say that. You've got to go away and think of a different punchline. And he goes yeah. away and thinks of a punchline that's so much more offensive. But because that person didn't know why it was offensive, they you know that it gets through. Let it go. Yeah. And it's like yeah. so it must be so frustrating as a comedian to, for someone else to sit there and go to you. Oh, I don't know about that for that. And it's like, it's it's such a different, it's not like, it's not yeah, science, yeah, it's very, is it? It's not an exact science. No. And it's also you think you wonder the credentials of the person telling you that, exactly that. You know, if it's yeah. a lawyer, I guess it's lawyers or something um, right. at the end of the day. Um, and there's a sort of, you know, it's, I guess if you were going to use another musical analogy, if you, were, if you submitted your song and then, the person on the other end of the saying you can't yaying or neighing stuff was Paul McCartney. You would, you would go fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, he, so. what he's talking about kind of thing, you know, uh, and if he suggested something else, you would countenance that, but you're sort of going, sorry, who are you? Um, yeah. why, you know, and they, I did, they did, they, they gave me a writer because I'd sort of went, I think this is nonsense. You, you know, mm. uh, and some of the alternatives they gave me were, just rubbish, you know. Rub- yeah. like even ex- one, one of the jokes I had was um, I have a joke about I don't know how much you know about stroke. It can alter a few things. It can alter your eyesight. It's what it did to me. I'm half blind. It can alter the way your face looks. It can alter your speech patterns. I'm actually Nigerian, right? And <laughs> but, uh, you, 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 can't say, you can't say that. And I'm like, why? why? And, so, and they're like, and, and they looked at you and said, like, "Come on." And you're like, "What do you mean, come on?" No, yeah. And they're like, "Well, you can't, you can't say." You're Nigerian. Why? Well, because you're being racist. 
No, I'm not. It's not racist. I'm, I'm talking about race. It's clearly preposterous. I'm yeah. clearly not Nigerian. Yeah. I've not voted off a Nigerian. Yeah, exactly. I've literally used it as a... It's, it's, it, it, it's nonsense, you know. Um, and so... And then they went, why don't you say... They undenied about it, and they came back with, why don't you say... Um, uh, I'm actually Welsh and I look like... Dave. No, I'm actually a Geordie and I look. I used to look like David Beckham. And I'm like, well, because it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it ruins the... It's so sterile, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, I'm actually Nigerian, has a punch to it. And yeah. like, I'm, I, look, I used to look like David Beckham and I'm actually a Geordie. has no rhythm to it. Okay. Um, and also isn't... It's not as funny because it's not as ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, didn't, I don't look like David Beckham. It's, it's a weird, it's just, it's not, yeah, that's yeah. not extreme enough for that to work, yeah. you know. So, so there, then you're just going, well, this is bullshit. Um, so I, that was very frustrating. I found that process very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, that's not exclusive to, certainly to Britain's yeah. Got Talent. I've had a lot of my sure. comedy friends have said, you know, any working on TV, you really have to compromise. I mean, I, I, was, I was talking to, uh, I'm a friend of Rod Gilbert's, and he's he was um, talking about his show, and I think he's on the fourth season of it, and he was he was like going, hopefully, you know, su- such and such will happen in the next season. I've probably got enough clout to do that now. And you're thinking, man, you're four seasons into your own show, mm-hmm. Saying a statement like that, you don't have control over who's making these decisions, you know. Yeah, and it's very, it's a, it's a very weird process where you feel like you're coming up against a twenty-three-year-old Oxbridge graduate saying you can and can't do this, and you're yeah. going, how many, how many stand-up gigs have you done? How many, how many, how many bands have you been in? How many, you know? And it feels just a little bit like. I'm not quite sure what the process is here to, to who, who are the gatekeeper? Who, who are the arbiters of this uh, yeah. to say this isn't funny or this isn't, and this isn't good, yeah, good, yeah. good. You know, that's frustrating. Now, I don't know. I don't run a, a hugely successful <laughs> international billion dollar TV show. So who am I to, you know, and then they do. And so in, they're clearly doing something right. So maybe yeah. I should just, Fuck up. When, when you come up against it, it's an interesting, you know, some, one of my friends went, Experience. well, now you've seen the machine in process. It's an interesting thing to see. And I, and I was like, no, that's actually very true. It's a very interesting see to see that process. And I suppose, it, you know, I mean, you, you know, I know you, you come from the kind of musical backgrounds uh, and um, it's always the thing, isn't it? That that sort of the double-edged sword of being signed to a big WEA label or or whatever it is that that everybody you would think as an outsider, oh man, I've just made it. It's brilliant, but you know, as a band, that you it, it's got so many uh, sort of shortcomings and so many things that you now, mm. yeah, you get the money, You're yeah, you get the to- coverage. But what do you have to do now? So to, uh, no, there's no such thing as a free lunch, I suppose, in that, to, yeah. to, to go back to <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One of the things that I, I did want to sort of touch on was, obviously, for, 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 for years now, you, you know, you, you, you've been a very successful stand-up, um, playing to audiences, you know, but pretty much seven nights a week, and I, I know I, you know, by speaking to you previously and and, and mutual friends, I, I hard use work and and um, how was it to then, you know, go from playing in in, in clubs and and and, and theatres and such to then walking out on stage, knowing that the not just the audience in front of you, but the, the those that are watching that is getting into ridiculous figures like. To, to talk to me about you know what, what how's your mindset when you're walking out on that stage was it any difference to how you was if you walk out at a comedy club to, to, to talk to me about how you yeah. kind of made sense of it and and and, and deal with that well you uh uh i didn't really there's a thing is like i've done a few tv records one of the one because the cap i don't really actually think about the thousands or millions of people that are out beyond the gig i i i I think about the, the physical room of the gig and play that. And maybe that's a pathology, but I'm able to do that. I'm not really able to think about who's sitting on the couch in, in, uh, you know, Rotherham. Um, uh, so, but the trouble is there is you've, you've literally physically got loads of cameras in front of the audience. So they block the audience. So, you know, as a stand up, you really try to connect to your audience. And it's very much about connection to your audience. And if your audience are 30, 40, 50 feet back, which they were at the Apollo because they've got all that judging rig and then the cameras and the camera booms, it's a big distance to get over to that audience. Um, So that's, that's problematic. Um, The other thing the other thing with me, like, and, and you know, I, I, Chris, forgive me. I don't know. Do, are, are you a performer as well, Chris? Are, are you? Were you a musician? Uh, no, I, I DJed. I DJed yeah, for right. so, uh, fifteen so years, I guess. So you you had that sense of performance as well. I mean, and I know, oh, Stu, you, you know, yeah. being the front man, that you you like when as you're about to go on, you need that headspace of yeah. like I'm about to go on and mm. face the cavalry. I need you just need that. I don't want people around me chatting bear yeah. shit and just, you, yeah, yeah. you know, I want, I want to be able to be in my own head and be a bit weird for that mm. process. And so, uh, you know, I think we all have that, whatever you're doing, comedy, dance, DJ, singer. Um, and so, you know, I'm like, I, I'd, I was very excited to meet Ant and Dec. They, they, they seem like good guys. They are good guys, mm. but I don't want to meet them. Three seconds Just before, because yeah. <laughs> it, it you know, changes you, yeah, completely. It's really like, hello, fucking, how's it going, Lake? And you're just like, fuck off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got so that that's is so weird. It's just weird, yeah. you know. It's not it's not good and it's not bad. And, and don't get me wrong, everyone on the show was 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 really nice and really professional and really positive. So you couldn't have been you couldn't have been treated better, um, but it's a weird it's just a weird experience to to go from um, 
normal like normal gigs i know i suppose that's weird but i'm used to it you know I, I mean, most people would go going on stage and trying to make people laugh is is such a weird and extreme situation which of course it, i suppose it is um, yeah it is isn't it? it always feel yeah. like you must be at your most vulnerable when you're trying to make people laugh i mean uh, you know dying on that's stage easy. must be yeah but i'm weird. used to that like it's kind of going going on you know this again this is problematic that, that i think um you get to a stage where your life is so bad that the only bit on the only bit that you enjoy is the bit that when you're on stage <laughs> that you can control <laughs> that bit, <laughs> which is like counterintuitive. Really the bit yeah, yeah. is like the, the bit on stage is the best bit of your day. You have to kind of watch that. Um, I think. Yeah, and I, and that's I, a conversation you might want to have with a, with a therapist. Therapist, a little bit. <laughs> not us. I, not, I, yeah, see, no. I see the sense in that, and it's a really interesting perspective that Marcus. I've not heard that one. Um, you know, we've had all sorts of comics on here, and yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. That, and also, yeah, I see what you say. There's there's layers to that because it's, you know, life is fucking difficult, and yeah, going out on stage. I, I always saw it. I think, in a way, though, that does help you people maybe made you a bit more bulletproof on stage because you're kind of like, this is actually my escape. This is what I'm enjoying. So actually, the sort of jitters that might get other people, maybe you don't, you, you're not affected by in the same way. But that yeah. comes at a trade-off yeah. is that what's causing you to feel bulletproof on stage is you're going through some fucking shit in in your actual life. You know, it's it's probably not the trade-off people would be very keen to take as well. So it's. Uh, it's no, complicated. No. I mean, I, 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 it's. I mean, I'm being facetious. It's not that like my life is in tatters around that, and mm. and you know, it's. But I've been through those periods where that's the yes. best bit of the day, and I yeah. know other speaking to other comics where they feel or have felt at certain points in their life that that's the best bit of their day. Um, which I guess it's just better the devil you know. I'm used to mm. like I didn't. You know, I'm used to doing gigs. I've been doing this 20 plus years. I've done thousands and thousands of gigs. Um, I'm, I, I'm used to, and I've learned to enjoy being on stage. I find that adrenaline. It's like I've just been in New Zealand and people were, a couple, some friends of mine were, were like, let's go skydiving or let's go like bungee jumping. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need that level of terror in my life. I've, I've, yeah. you know, I've done, I've, I get it in my job. Um, I don't need to feel that extreme yeah. rush. Yeah. And maybe because I get it every day. Um, uh, and people who don't have that, maybe do, do, do like so-called normal jobs, whatever that, whatever that means. Mm. Um, they they want to feel like that, that level of fear or terror because it's quite interesting and quite exhilarating. Mm. Is exhilarating. I mean, I suppose that's the thing. You get addicted to performing. You of get course. addicted to doing stand-up, um, which again can be problematic. Just that that level of you know adrenaline uh, yeah. is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you know, going back to some of my health issues, you know, it, it, without wanting to be morbid, you know, maybe, maybe that's maybe there's an element of just being really a really a, a adrenaline junkie is not necessarily very good for your. You know, body. Yeah, I've no idea. Yeah, like, is is it good for the heart? Like, is it like you know, does it like having raising your heart and, and that sort of adrenaline? Is it useful or is it dangerous? Depending on how you're doing that, is it is it a, is it from like absolute resting rate to a massive spike once a night? 
when you're performing. Yeah. I don't know. Like I could, I could imagine in some ways, like a little bit of it is is good for you because it teaches you to cope with adrenaline spikes. But fuck knows, man. I don't. I would not know the science on it. But it doesn't stop us from guessing on this podcast. And I'm going to say it's absolutely fine. <laughs> no, <exactly. laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Why don't the facts get in the way of uh, <laughs> guesswork? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's, let's, let's talk food, number two. Um, anything French. It's <laughs> 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 got to be rated, surely. Oh. <laughs> anything French. Right, so let's Are go for it. Let's throw it. Let's throw it. your material that, um, that, that, that yeah, you yeah. weren't allowed to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. oh, like, there's nothing that. wrong with saying I hate the French and they're stupid and their cuisine sucks. Um, I, didn't you, say, you... I didn't say I hate the French. I just don't like their food. <laughs> Except for, again, with a caveat, uh, here's my ketchup clause apart from baguettes. I like baguettes. Oh, that was the first yeah. thing I was going to throw at you. Was a baguette. <laughs> yeah. So you're all right with baguettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all right, baguettes. Uh, but they're 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 the cousin of a loaf of bread, right? So I kind of get how they've snuck through the gap. So wh- where are we going then, Stu? So forcing the uh, the garlic spreadable cheese. Everything's got everything's got garlic. I don't like garlic, so everything's got garlic on right, it. That's dead. Yep. Okay, which is fair enough. Um, snails. I was going to um, say, well, also, A, they've got garlic in anyway, normally. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, come yeah. on, eat a, eat a snail, um, frog's legs. I, there's the, also, the, so there's a snobbery. It's not even so much like, I mean, I'm not, I am being slightly facetious with it, everything French. Yeah. But yeah. Why, why, why French food, they, they market it like this is the best food in the world <laughs> and everybody else has inferior food and you sort of go where'd you get that from i mean like like <laughs> indian food is much better food is much better vietnamese food is much better like um italian food fuck, fuck off with your french yeah, food yeah. italian food yeah. wipes the floor with but, but but it's it's seen and it feels like typically french that everything they do yeah. they now i think in fairness, you could make an argument for France being the best country in the world in terms of its culture, <laughs> in terms of food, yeah, in terms yeah, of its climate, yeah. in terms of its style, in terms of its yeah. you know cultural history of literature to art. You could make a very good yeah. statement for that. But they're so arrogant about it that I kind of think, like, nah, fuck off. I'd go Italian or I'd go... Same with their wine. Oh, this is the best wine in the world. It's like, no, no New Zealand wine's better. <laughs> Californian wine's better. I go. I was in Australia, New Zealand. You go. To, you go to New Zealand, and there's a lovely. We we went to a vineyard, and it's an old tin shed, and it's a, it's a geezer in a you know wife beater vest and and uh, shorts on, and he's going right. This one tastes a bit flinty because uh, <laughs> yes, flinty, and this one tastes a bit of the sea because we're next to the fucking sea. You know, and you're sort of going, there's no bullshit about it. It's really Shut just up, earnest yeah. and nice. And like, so That's you go... That's the sort of person I'd want as a life coach. Totally, really. You know, whereas that, the French have that kind of, if you need to ask, you'll never know, sort yeah. of jazz attitude towards it that's snobbish. And it's, it's for that reason, of course loads of French food is lovely, but it's for that yeah, reason yeah. that I want to take it down. Yeah. That it's like, stop telling me how brilliant you are. 
It's very, um, that's very British, though, as well, isn't it? I mean, we, we have got a long, long, long history of how we have famously not got on with the French. And I make you right, like, everything you say there is, is, is so true. But British like an underdog. We're a bit more understated. So that kind of dub, rubbed us the wrong way. I went to a French, a really nice French restaurant uh, probably about four months ago. I was in um, I was snowboarding. We went to this restaurant and I made the act. And it was all that, that sort of behavior from the waitress was it, by the end of the night, we were getting on like a house on fire. But like when like five British blokes sat at the table at first, I think she was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I made yeah. the faux pas of uh, ordering red wine. I'd ordered this lovely steak. And then I ordered like, I was like, have you got any Rioja? And she nearly spats at me. <laughs> yeah, no, we have French wine here, and I was like, "Oh, I've, that steak is going to get kicked all around the floor." But I must say yeah, that the the, the, red, the 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 French red I had was just it was it was marvelous. But I also make right, you so, right, Marcus. Like I I love French food. I really do, really do like it. But um, Italian, I do think Italian food is better, and that's not that's staying in Europe. You go like you say, Indian food is fucking banging. But mm. but Indian food is affordable you can get cheap Indian food you can get cheap pizzas you can get cheap <laughs> yeah. like and and I love the fact that you compared uh, French food to jazz um, but, uh, <laughs> it, but it is you can't pop you can't pop out and get a, a cheap French meal yeah like it, it, it's got that kind of it carries itself like a little bit of elitism mm, it does and, that's uh, just a roast chicken is- mate with some garlic and a bit of white wine yeah. on it well, that thing, you know, if, you, if you like, you look at Italian food, and it's it's basic, it's simple food. It's not, you know, you look, it's a proper Italian pizzas are not overloaded with shit. They're mm. quite plain. Pasta with very, you know, we have a spaghetti bolognese, and it's mostly bolognese, don't you? But you go to Italy or an Italian yeah. restaurant, and there's, there's a little bit of. It's very simple. A lot of it's peasant food, you know. Again, going back to the sort of oyster point, it's not expensive food, um, and. With French food, as you say, you rightly say, you don't, you don't, everything's pricey and elitist. And of course it's, of course it's delicious and loads of it's delicious. And, and I'm being facetious in that sense, but it, it mark, it's almost, it's like it's lifestyle food and sort of snobbish <laughs> yeah. Yeah. food rather than just like us good grub because it tastes like good grub, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> number one. What is the number one? Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> now, I've this is the thing. Going, I've same with oysters. I've never actually had Kentucky Fried Chicken. Wow, you this are is far the fear, underqualified the, the, to have that. The, the to go back to the principle of this, you don't need to know to have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the right podcast, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember I was, I, I went to art college and I remember meeting this guy. I can't remember what nationality he was, but he was, he was maybe he was German or Austrian. And, and he, he, we were having an argument about something and he just went, <laughs> like, I'm an artist. I don't need to be right. <laughs> and it's like exactly that thing of like no, so no, 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 I'm not saying I'm yeah. right I'm just yeah. saying this is my opinions like, yeah. like, I'm not saying I'm right out of any of this I'm not saying I'm right <laughs> um, I like firstly I've, I've not had Kentucky Fried Chicken so I understand that my firstly my beef is it's out of a bucket and I don't <laughs> want to eat a bucket <laughs> <laughs> I Lovely. maybe this is my middle classness shining through, but I like to sit down at a table and eat with a knife and fork 
off a plate. I like that. Com- I mean, you know, going back to not sharing, but I, li- I like a communal meal. I like that aspect of yeah. eating yeah. And, and sharing. But I want to sit down. I don't want to sit on a sofa with a plate that I can't, you know, <laughs> I, I want a table with a plate and my food and a knife. Mate, you need, you need to get a wimpy, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like you need to, you need to start a, get a franchise, open your own I'm wimpy. Saying, this is bit, and I'm not snobbish about it. I don't, I like, I, I love McDonald's. I like a wimpy. Um, there's one in Lee, isn't there? Um, and I don't, it's not that it has to be, I'm not snobbish about its kind of um, origin as such. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just out of a bucket, Oh, oh, the other thing I don't like about it is its its pre- its presentation is garish. It's all that yellows, <laughs> like they're just uh, just it hasn't it's stylistically it looks horrible. Like it's all it was it white and red and yellow, and it just has no yeah. class to the whole. It doesn't the even. Colonel have that gives piece. off very like white, like like yeah, Aryan Brotherhood um, sort of like like uh, the Confederate exactly sort that. of racist vibes, doesn't it? I don't know. I always I got the vibe that I, I'm surprised you three didn't look into him. He's got a bit of that yeah, look about does. him, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Those aren't mutually exclusive, though, are they? You can be a white supremacist and a nonce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a, like, a, a, a horrendous Venn diagram, and you can be slap yeah. bang in the middle of that. Um, KFC, like, so white you always had the white supremacist and nonce is a, yeah. a fantastic crime fighting duo. <laughs> KFC like you used to hear the horror stories with it as well like oh someone found a deep fried beak or oh my mate bit yeah. into one of the burgers and they thought it was mayo but it was a cyst on the chicken you're like fucking hell that, like, that, that, I'm sure KFC were... but I, I remember like when I when I see KFC as a kid so my mum would take me there and you'd have like what was it like a three piece meal and the chicken was the worst bit like you, you bite into it, and like the the, the 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 seasoning was really nice, and the chicken was greasy and crap yeah. and flavourless. So I'd literally just eat the skin with the the the, the frying batter on it, and leave the rest. It's got yeah. has it got better nowadays? I don't know. They offer more things, but it's just that what it's just that beige palette in it as well. It's like yeah. it's just it, you know really. What is like you say? What is the color of a KFC? A KFC is like beige food, and that yeah. ain't really that good. Like you know, that doesn't appetize me when you just see it. But having said that, I am a fucking massive fan of fried chicken, just not so much from KFC, to be honest. With yeah, you. but you get good fried. You know, you get kind of popcorn yeah. chicken and other other sort of cuisines do do good fried chicken. Uh, um, I think. I don't want to eat with my hands either. Actually, I think that's the thing. Right, I'm, I'm, with I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm like, it feels like going into McDonald's and eating a cheeseburger with your hands seems fine because it seems like a sandwich. But eating chicken with your hands feels mm. like it's like it just feels really animalistic and kind of. Um, I'm not a big fan of eating food off a bone either. I like, I like my. Food I'm, I'm, I'm like, exactly the same. Oh yeah, I like my food to look like food, not. The animal that it comes from, like sort of squeamishly. That's and as you write, you reminded me of that. It, there was that, it, there was always that sort of urban myths of of what was found in a Kentucky Fried Chicken. A bit of like you're eating. A, so there was one I remember from. Uh, I think it was it was supposed to be the Harlow Odeon, and and they were like someone was eating in the dark, 
and they realized it was they had a sort of tail to it and it was like a rat oh, <laughs> now whether that was that was true or not i don't yeah. probably wasn't but, but um, don't even that was the, <laughs> yeah. oh, <laughs> you, know, you know you know it's a messy food when they have to supply you like the nap like they supply you the freshen up napkins with the meal yeah. but you unfold yeah. that and it's like it's that big. It's like you're not gonna. That's not gonna do anything. You're still gonna be covered in grease once you've used yeah. that. So yeah, it's a bit of a messy food. Where do you, where do you stand with? Because um, I, I like a plate and I like to sit down. Um, for instance, you're in a restaurant and you order the burger. Do you eat the burger with a knife and fork? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm, 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 I'm the same. I think once you, I eat pizza with a knife and fork. I did it last night. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. My mate showed me that, and I would I, I condemned him for it when we were at uni and then when I went to Knife and Fork I've never looked back just yeah. sorry always. I love the fact like you've just looked at him like some kind of fucking Yoda character uh, he showed me that he what did. just using a knife and fork <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. I've been Let eating everything with my hands Dan, Chris. <laughs> for 20 years I've just been yeah suit a roast out of a bucket <laughs> is it not the cutlery you're looking for <laughs> Well, with pizza as well, your troubles with pizza. If you if you if you manhandle it, you end up you end up putting like nuclear hot yeah yeah like slipping nuclear hot food into your mouth. So I think it's like <laughs> and that's the same with uh, you can sort of portion off what you're eating with a knife and fork. And I think also burgers these days, if you, especially if you go into a yeah. restaurant, um, they're massive, aren't they? You can't yeah. get that. No, like my partner's it's American. She she'll eat a burger. She eat a burger with her hands, and it's like, but then she's got a massive mouth on her. So it's, um, <laughs> I always like I make, I make that joke that she's you know like the um like the Snoopy she's got one of them mouths that opens you know, she can open it like a flip top head yeah, total flip top head so she can open it like that and throw it in but I've got like, a small English mouth and I've got to use a knife and fork <laughs> oh wonderful well um one of the things that um I've I've seen you um announce on your socials is a big tour yeah so uh tell us all about it well yeah no it's my first first national tour which i'm very excited about so kind of off the back of hopefully britain's got talent and that giving me a bit of exposure um i am i'm doing my show i did my show last year at the edinburgh fringe and it was all about my stroke um and the kind of recovering from that and uh I had to cut my run short in Edinburgh because I had to have a heart operation. Um, and so I'm going back and I really loved the show and people really liked it. It got really well reviewed and I was really pleased with it all. And it, and it sort of got kiboshed really. Um, so I'm going back to Edinburgh this year to kind of finish that um, run and then take it on a national tour. So I go around all of the, uh, various um provincial towns um starting in south end on the first um and then uh, so i go everywhere really and um so so yeah very exciting my information's on marcusburman.com my website and it's all all of the all of the kind of you can click on all of that and find uh uh, find a venue near you uh hopefully and um so yeah very excited very small um little little tour but hopefully it'll be good fun Oh, Marcus, it's great, mate. mate. Yeah. Like, uh, to, to to see, like, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, as a mate, to see what you, you know, what you've 
sort of gone through in the last few years to sort of see it come to this and to, and to go on that that first national tour is fucking wonderful, yeah. mate. Congratulations! Uh, yeah. I, I, I hope it goes you, well, mate. man. But and yeah, like if it, it, uh, is it first of July? Like no, first mean... of September, September is the is the right, first cool. date. And cool. I've got like thirty dates through through September, October, and November, and. I mean, you're right, you know, I mean, thank you for saying that to Stephen. And, uh, Stephen, to Stu, sorry, my phone just went off. I'm going to have to stop. Um, I, uh, uh, I, um, I think that without over-egging it and sounding over-earnest, you know, th- th- three years ago I was on a snowboard, you know, wondering whether I could uh, even sort of get a life back. And I think to sort of fast forward that to doing a national tour and having been on Britain's Got Talent, and I, I, I supported Jason Manford last year on his t- tour, and I'm like, no, man, well, you know, like, not to big myself up and go, look at me, I'm Billy Big Bollocks. I don't mean that at all. But I, you sort of just, from personally, I go, that's, you, you, you've done all right, you know? You need Something to do right. that as well, mate. And that, that is great. And you should do that. All people should do that. There's a difference between becoming some egomaniac and actually being able to reflect and be ha- happy about your journey. And, uh, well, mm. if you're in South End, we'll we'll come and uh, we'll, we'll come and yeah, uh, watch. Do. Uh, we'll eat. Uh, we'll be eating KFC from a bucket from the front row. Front <laughs> row. <laughs> Lobbing the bones at you. And if people uh, aren't following Marcus already, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll tag you in all the socials when, when this episode comes out. And what was the website to find out about tickets again? So it's marcusbourbon.com. And Marcus is with a K. And that, so that's the uh, that's the catch there. I have a little fray, I have a little story, which is a true story. When I to sort of put my name in people's heads, I went for a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, they write the name on the, on the, on the cup. And I went, it's Marcus... Uh, with a K and the, the barista was like it can't be it can't be and I was like it is and she went it can't be she's very dismissive and then I got it back literally and said carcass <laughs> 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 I was like that was about two weeks before the stroke so she was clearly clairvoyant that's probably and what happened she probably caused it mate <laughs> Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Marcus it's an absolute pleasure always uh, chatting to you mate and you um we're going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.